Like there were a million things I could have done outside of grumpy bitch that would have, would have really helped me. Even though I do enjoy a good grumpy bitch every once in a while. <laughs> Should have hung out at my house the last couple, four days apparently. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello to all you fellow experiencers out there, and welcome to the Spirited Body Podcast. This is the podcast about activating and living from your spirit in your daily actions and experiences. My guides want to show you how to interpret your life through the lens of your highest self so it can be easier, joyful, and satisfying. After all, we are all just spirits in a physical body. I'm James, your host, psychic, medium, I uh, channel uh, a group of beings called the Council of Light, and they've given me all this information to share with the world, to help the world be more connected, uh, be a little bit easier to live in, uh, make your lives a, a lot easier to uh, understand and to experience. Um, I'm here with my amazing co-host, Katie. Hello. <laughs> I was going to say, I offer nothing other than confusion. <laughs> you offer tons. And the questions that you ask are amazing because if you have them, other people have them. Okay. I'll accept that. And but I do not channel. I do not have psychic ability. <laughs> I just have a lot of questions. Um, and I, I do have to say too, speaking of questions, if you have questions out there, let me have them. My guides want to know them. I want to know them. I want to hear your experiences with this information, how this information is landing with you, uh, what it feels like. Please um, subscribe, follow the podcast, whatever format you're listening to it. Um, rate me, give me reviews. I want to know what you guys are experiencing, what you're um, learning, uh, how things are going for you. James at the spiritedbody.com. That's my email. Uh, the Spirited Body on Instagram. You can DM me. Uh, Slip I'm, into those DMs. Slide right in. <laughs> slide right in. And um, I really want to know. I'm, I'm really, really curious how this information is landing for you guys. Um, so it's been a couple of weeks since we've been together. Anything major? Weeks. How's your life settling? You know, it's going. And I think that I have had to make some really big life decisions since I've seen you like rapidly. And um, all I can say is I've learned something very interesting about myself. And I wonder if others would benefit from hearing this. I don't know. Or maybe you're like, Katie, yeah, we all know that. <laughs> Welcome to the party. But, you know, when I was making some decisions, there was a lot of pressure on me in the last couple of weeks to be like the final decision on some things. And I told myself, I, I envisioned this, this like, this like if I, I actually drew this on the whiteboard for one of the meetings I was in when they were like, what are you going to do? And I drew like a circle. And then a, a right at the north of that, I drew a star. And then I drew like a line to the right and a line to the left. And I said, to the left is fear, anxiety, pressure, whatever we want to call it. To the right of this circle, to the right side, is like ego and greed and whatever. I said, I don't want to make decisions from those spaces. I want to make decisions from that circle that lead up to that higher self that you talk about, that alignment space. Yeah. 
And um, the person I was sharing it with was new to maybe some of this work and was like, where does delusion fit on your spectrum? (laughs) And I said, I'll hear it. I'll take that. But my point is, is that like, I realized like, it's like I knew this before, but I'm embodying it, but embodying it in a different way <clears throat> is that I have a choice. When I feel anxiety or fear, I don't need to make a decision. I can just observe the anxiety and fear and let it in. And then when I feel really centered in self and I make a decision, the way my body feels is so different. And so when the anxiety comes in, rather than going, oh no, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I go, oh, there's the anxiety indication that you're not actually in a space to make a choice. And that was huge for me. It's like I just removed all of the pressure of having to make decisions from those spaces. And I just get to get dropped into self. And I now I'm like getting familiar with that feeling of making that self that's directed at that North Star. Right. And it's exactly what they talk about. And and the thing is, the one thing I, I would say is it's not that you can't make a choice from that place. It's that making a choice from that split from that place, from that anxious you know, scary place or scared place is going to be a different result than one from the other space, from a more aligned space, from a more centered, peaceful, loving, connected, uh, communion-based place. Well, I think we also, like when we get a lot of anxiety or fear, I've, I've had situations land on my lap in the last six months that are bigger than anything that's ever landed on my lap. And when I remind myself that I can access that centered space and make decisions from there. It's wild. Myself two years ago would have melted into a puddle on the ground. And myself now is just like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I'm challenged. Yeah, I'm, there's days where I'm crying and there's days where I'm upset. And there, But I'm not making decisions from those spaces because I know that it will take me to a place where I might not necessarily want to go. And so I've just been giving myself permission to observe what comes in, feel it. And then remind myself, you can make a choice from a different space when you feel like your body is ready to move into that space. And I think that all of us think that that anxiety or that fear or that this, when we're in that, it's going to last forever, right? It's amazing what can happen if you just, like for me, I actually, I have a sauna. I just pop in there every morning. I hide from my family and um, I go in there and I meditate for nine minutes. It's like nine minutes a morning. And I access that space. And then I go, oh, this is the feeling that you're trying to cultivate. And when you have this feeling, then you can make choices. And when the other feelings are coming in, just be there and know they're not going to last forever. It's been a game changer. Yeah. And not only are they not going to last forever, but they're indicating something is not, they're indicating something that you need to work on. They're indicating something. They're messages. Yeah. Yeah. You're interpreting this as a threat. This situation is a threat. This, what, this is, uh, you're fearful about something that, that's happening. Why? Why am I fearful? What? What is this? What is being triggered in me? And if you get to uh, have insight into that and start to deconstruct that, your world is going to change because what truly makes you anxious is going to start shrinking. You know, the, the items on the list <laughs> begin to shrink, and uh, that's what this is all about. That's it's just that's like their living message. with more ease. I mean, it's funny when you do invite the universe or guides or a higher self to communicate with you. Like I'll tell you guys a silly example. So I haven't gotten a lot of sleep the last week. It's been a lot of, a lot of stress and I've been kind of burning the candle at both ends. And even though I feel like I'm handling it better than ever, like my body is still requiring more rest and I've been kind of ignoring it. 
So yesterday, like in an hour period, I dropped like three or four things. Like I spilled a glass of water. I dropped my, my phone in the bath. I like in a short time. And I was like, hello, like the, I don't drop things. I'm like, you're dropping things. Like what's, what are you, you need to stop right now. This is the fourth thing you've dropped in a row. What is the universe trying to tell you? And right when I stopped and asked that question, it was like, you need more rest. Stop doing what you're doing and go rest. And it's like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like before I was like, oh, oh whatever. I dropped some. It's like, no, no, no. You've dropped four things in an hour. What is, what is trying to be communicated to you? It's so powerful. We can just stop and, and be like, I want to listen to what is supposed to be coming my way. That, that pause. Yeah. That, that understanding of not being, not trying to satisfy the push and the pull of what's happening around you um, and not respond reacting to that push and pull, but responding from your, from your center, from the core of who you are. It's a completely different experience. It's wild. And it's not always easy. <laughs> no. Sometimes you have to drop 20 things in a row. Um, and then you still don't know. Then, <laughs> then you blame the manufacturers for making things yeah. that you can't hold on yeah. to. Um, but um, so the topic this week, the topic, again, we are getting information. All of the information, the topics that we've talked about so far are rooted in my request to reduce the conflict on the planet, reduce conflict that we're experiencing in our lives. And uh, so the topic is empathy this week. And uh, I channeled this a few weeks ago. So it's going to be a little bit new for me too, to hear what they have to say. <laughs> um, so empathy, is that some a topic that you no, are you familiar with? Are you? Well, one of the things when you texted me, as a reminder for everyone, James doesn't tell me anything about the readings. He just will text me one word, like empathy or what you know, <laughs> connection. And I thought, you know, I always, I can I, I'm, I like to look stuff up on the internet, um, but I, I'm always like, okay, I really want to like, I think that sympathy and empathy are often intertwined, and I'd love if you feel okay for me just to read like what the internet says sympathy is and what empathy are. I would, I would love to hear because I, they are, I think they're pretty clear with me on what empathy is um, and the experience of empathy. Yeah. I just feel like those words get mixed up a yeah, lot. Do it. Okay. Sympathy is acknowledging that the other person is going through an emotional or physical struggle, supporting them and giving them comfort. Empathy is something more than just this. It's actually understanding what the other person is feeling because you've had a similar experience yourself or you're able to put yourself in their shoes. It's like deeper. Yeah. And so. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> Let's do it. So uh, that when you initially talked about the difference or asked the question about sympathy versus empathy, the, the, the difference that they told me is empathy is what you feel and is internal to you. And sympathy is what you show. Mm. So sympathy is what you show the other person or the other situation. And empathy is what you feel. Wow. That's a good, that's great. So, uh, and so it's funny that, cause you said that and then you read it. I was like, oh, that's basically <laughs> what they told me. Um, so let's dive right in, let's shall do we? It. Okay. I'm excited about this one. So um, this is- empathy. Can I also just say, 
Remember, you had told me that season two was all about reducing conflict. Mm -hmm. So like, obviously empathy is a way. I just want to remind the the listeners that. Yeah. And it's really curious. Not, I mean, it's still surprising to me when I look back at the context of me saying, oh, well, let's reduce conflict and the topics and everything that they've taught, instructed, explained really does. If you process it internally and you feel vibrationally through your body, what they're saying, it really does reduce conflict. It reduces conflict even within your own self. You know, that idea of like, oh, I hate it. You're so stupid when you, why can't you just do this better? Well, that's better? what I was saying is like, don't you, like, I think most of us think that in order for conflict to be reduced, something outside of us has to happen. But reducing conflict with self is actually the the foundation the of reducing. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Okay. We can just end right there. <laughs> it's really crazy. Okay. Um, empathy channeled from the Council of Light. We welcome you back to the table for the sharing of information and hopefully knowing. We desire to transmit the information to you that will seep into the very fabric of your energetic selves so that it will alter your perspective on the world around you enough to lift your experience and grant you peace, understanding, and ease. Moving these ideas into your knowing, into the very fabric of who you are, will shift your experience on this planet and provide momentum for change and shifting. We hold this desire for you all as this small shift and change will change the world. We have spoken on the truth that everyone on your planet is experiencing the same struggles. All have the same emotions and all have the feelings of dissatisfaction in areas of their life. Being human elicits these feelings. This is the source for conflict amongst you. Dissatisfaction leads to value, which leads to greater conflict. This is the line of energetic flow that can happen easily. We are here to describe a different flow. Dissatisfaction leads to exploration and understanding of yourself and what you truly want and who you truly are, which leads to greater communion. Which path are you choosing? Which path is needed in your life? Which sounds more peaceful? So the choices are dissatisfaction leading to value, which leads to greater conflict, or dissatisfaction leading to exploration and understanding of yourself and what you truly want and who you truly are, which leads to greater communion. I want to better understand the value part. So if I'm dissatisfied with my job, I can say, what, what about the job is dissatisfying to me? Okay. What is bothering me? Okay. What, uh, what do I want in a, in an ideal situation? Uh, what, uh, why do I interpret this work situation as being bad for me? What am I having difficulty with? What is it triggering in me? And then from that, I learn. oh, it's because I really hate numbers. I never really wanted to be an accountant. I never okay. really wanted to do blah. So now I get to go out and do what I really want, which is going to lead to greater communion because I'm going to know who I am more, know what satisfies me and pursue it. And then likewise, the people around me will have a happier me. I'll be able to connect better with people because I know who I am better. I'll be out of a dissatisfying situation, which allows me to be more who I am with the world around me. So
So, because I thought it had said that there's like two paths, right? Yes, okay, yes. so that's like path one. That's path one. Okay. Or two. It's the second yeah. one they mentioned, but it's it's okay. a path. The other path is I'm dissatisfied at my job and um, I'm dissatisfied because I know what I'm doing and nobody else does. And no one sees how good I am at what I'm doing. And no one is giving me the treatment that I deserve. So there's a value in I'm better, you're worse. Ouchie. That's an ouchie. That's what most of us do. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, I've done that a million times. We all do it. We all do, we do it constantly. Can I just say one thing? Cause this is bringing up something very strong. If you're a female and you're a mother and you're listening to this, this is the game that moms play all the time. They do everything for everybody. Nobody really asks them to do that. I call it invisible work, but then you know what we do? And I'm only saying this because I've done it and kind of still do it. Um, I'm a human, James. Um, we resent everybody for not seeing the value in the work that we do. This morning, I had to go take fam white and hat. See, look at, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Fuck. We went and took family photos. Yesterday, my husband goes, oh, I wish you would just let that, like, da, 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 da. and I was like, ah, you don't see what I'm doing. The Christmas card just shows up. And then I went, who asked you to do the Christmas card? He didn't. He didn't ask me to do that card. I went over all the things I did. I got the kids something to wear. I booked the photographer. I do this. He didn't ask me to do those things. And then I was searching for him to see my value. But if I really stopped, does it matter to that, that I do those pictures? I wanted those pictures. And then I'm getting mad that he doesn't see my value. But moms do this all the time. And I have a feeling we have a lot of women who listen to us. And a lot of them probably have families. And I see this, I see this dynamic in myself and I see it in so many moms where we hold everything up. We do everything for everybody else. We do all this invisible work. We don't really like it. We just can't even acknowledge that. And then we blame the outside world. We blame the people around us for not caring enough. And not finding the value. Yeah. And, and I think it's a really interesting aspect. So rather than devaluing the world around you, you're, you're saying, I'm valuable. You need to notice my value. And whether it's you're in a situation that's dissatisfying or frustrating and the value comes as a way to um, make yourself feel better or make someone else feel worse. Um, it's you're creating a contrast. You're creating difference. And then you're saying one of these scenarios is better or more valuable than the other, however you get there. And so dissatisfaction leads to that. I should say can lead to it. And so what they're saying is if it's unexamined, it's gonna lead to a value scenario. Better or worse. Not just different, but better or worse. Or you can say, I'm dissatisfied. Why am I dissatisfied? How does this lay in me? How does this, you know, flow within me? Why is this dissatisfying to me? How does this, how is this veering away from who I am as a person? And I think I just want to give women permission to say, I don't like doing that. I don't want to do that. Help me. Why are we, we're, we're so conditioned to just own it all. And I just think it's okay to say, I don't want to do family photos. I don't like it. Great. Don't do them. Um, I don't want to be the one who does the dishes every night. Great. 
come sit down with your family and don't do it. Like we just do it. And then we resent everyone around us and then we're mad. Right. Just don't do it. Just don't. Well, just acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Question. You get to question. I'm sure there's people in the world. I don't know who they are, but I'm sure there's people in the world that love doing dishes every night. Send us an email and let me know who you are and I'll give you my home address. But, um, but you need to question why you're doing it. If it's dissatisfying to you, why, what do you need to do to make it different? And that you have the option of, of doing it different. I did this for years, James, where I would do everything. I was resentful. I was grumpy. And I was even stuck in a cycle this week of doing it. And then last night I, it, it dawned on me. You're the one who's doing all this and no one is asking for this around you. And then I snapped out of it instantly. It was wild. I snapped out of it. And then I looked at my partner and I said, how long was I in a bad mood for? And he said, four days. And I said, okay, thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> but like, I snapped out of it. Or do you yeah, want No, 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 no. <laughs> I snapped out of it instantly. I was like, you are doing everything. And you are feeling this need to vent and get it out. And you're grumpy and you're this and you're resentful. And yeah, there's a lot going on, but you've never asked for help. You've never delegated. You've never said, I don't like this. You've never had a discussion. You just took it all on and then projected your grumpiness onto everybody else and like I would it was even, their fault. And I would go one step further. Is it important to you that you do a Christmas card every year? Hell no. It's really not. And and to me, that's where the greater issue lies is you're t- trying to check off. And I'm not pointing at you as in that finger can be pointed at me as well, but it's like, even even putting that on our plate to begin with, is that something we really want to do? Or is that an expectation that society and the, that our group or our sort of area sort of places on us and that we have to step to? And, you know, I, you know, my ex is not, uh, I was raised Catholic. She doesn't celebrate Christmas. And uh, so we really didn't ever do a holiday card or anything like that. And so when I, left and I had the kids and we did a holiday card one year and it was really not holiday based. It was more like everyone have an amazing next year. And it was just, you know, pictures of us doing stuff, but I only did it one year. I'm like, is this important to me? Is this important to me? I mean, when you really evaluate your day to day and everything that you do and how you spend your time, it just um, is fascinating how we do things that when we really pause and have more mindfulness that we don't even want to be doing. It's, I mean, it's fascinating. And then you get stuck. I felt stuck four days. I felt stuck of like, Oh, I'm doing all this stuff. All this stuff's going on. No one's helping me. And then I went, Oh, this is all your problem. And then I literally snapped out of it. And it was a really amazing feeling though, to be like, Oh, I have the power to get out of it if I want to recognize it. Okay. So, Dissatisfaction leads to exploration and understanding of yourself and what you truly want and who you truly are, which leads to greater communion. Which path are you choosing? Which path is needed in your life? Which sounds more peaceful? We understand this answer and question, knowing what your answer is, but we wish to say to you that the asking of this question is important, for it brings to light and conscious awareness that which is under the surface, but seldom asked. This is the question that must be frequently asked to change your mind, change your actions, and change your energetic stamp. First comes the recognition that this question exists. 
the choice exists. Sometimes you are traveling so fast that you missed the exit. You missed the off-ramp. Awareness of this choice can slow you down to allow you to recognize the choice is present. And this scenario that you described is exactly saying that. You were just moving so fast that you didn't even realize the choice existed. And it wasn't until you said, oh, the choice exists. I can either continue or I can say, is this something I really want to do? Is this something that's really important to me? And recognize that you forgot the choice. You left the choice far behind. Yeah. You forgot that it even existed and you just were on a fast track. Well, here's the thing. A number of the things that got thrown at me in the last week or two were things I didn't have a choice in, if I'm being honest. They were things that were like, this is adulting and you have to deal. Right. But even in that, I still had a choice. I could have asked for support. I could have said, this is really hard and I just want to vent about how hard it is. Like there were a million things I could have done outside of grumpy bitch that would have would have really helped me. Even though I do enjoy a good grumpy bitch every once in a while. <laughs> Should have hung out at my house the last couple, four days apparently. <laughs> so awareness of this choice can slow you down to allow you to recognize the choice is present. Doesn't that feel lighter already? You have the choice in how you encounter and manage dissatisfaction in your life. We are here to speak on what happens when you make the choice for communion. Specifically, we would like to speak on how to make the path to communion easier, lighter, and more accessible. We do this through awareness. Simply providing insight provides choice and inclusion. We have made this point before, but we wish for you to truly recognize that all humans are moving through this choice when faced with dissatisfaction and unease. And all humans experience dissatisfaction and unease. Some are moving slow enough to see the choice. The ones moving slow enough to see the choice are the ones who are seeking communion and know how to go about finding it. The ones who do not know how to find communion are seeking physical measures of accomplishment as a means to ease, safety, and security. Can you read that last line again? Let's see. The ones moving slow enough to see the choice are the ones who are seeking communion and know how to go about finding it. The ones who do not know how to find communion are seeking physical measures of accomplishment as a means to ease safety and security. Wow. Have you ever met someone like, like my partner has a meditation coach? That guy's not moving fast. He's so here right now. And so much of it does have to do with pace. Do you notice that? Mm-hmm. Well, when you have that shift in understanding choice and choice is constantly present, then everything slows down because you're processing things as a choice, not as a, as a necessity. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's wild though that we just, but yeah, I I feel sorry for us as humans though and the evolution of our species and go, 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 go. And I know there are other parts of like in the US there are parts of the country that are maybe more slow paced. Like I know where we are in our geographical location even. It's kind of high paced sometimes, right? And so you're, you're under this energetic pressure too to keep up. And so it is a little bit, I don't know if this is the right word, but like battle with the evolution of our species to kind of, it's not the norm 
to slow down. You know, I used to, years ago, I used to work with preschool age kids and you ever like hear things in your life that you just remember forever. There was this woman who worked in the classroom with me. We were 14 month olds and the food would come and everyone would be crazy at lunch. And she would always say this one thing. She'd always be like, we have plenty of time. And I would be like, that woman's voice is in my mind. If you're ever listening to this, Pamela, <laughs> every day. I think about that every day. We have plenty of time. And then the next voice that comes in is your voice where it's like, time is not real. <laughs> As the light just went off. Yeah. But it, it's true. We have plenty of time. Yeah. And the the slow... The, the pacing that they talk about is a, is a inner pace. It's a, it's a, a pacing of how you process what's coming at you. So it's not that uh, there's, as they're, they're telling me now that like what happens in that experience of you being able to evaluate what's coming into you at any moment, recognizing that you don't have to be on automatic pilot, that you get to be conscious of, the decisions that you're making will seem like time begins to breathe for you because you're choosing your experience. And you, we have all experienced people who somehow live and they get everything done that they need to get done, but they don't, they aren't breaking a sweat. And those, you look at those people are like, like just in such a state of flow. Yeah. And so your experience of time will change if you can get to this place. That's, they're definitely saying that to me. I, wish, I hope one day we do a full episode on time because I think that time fucks us up. It, the pressures and the, the, and the, the, by this date and by this time. And it's like the clock has really not served us in some ways. I'll be very curious if we could ever talk more about that because- I struggle with that all the time. We will. But not in the context of time, in the context of other things. It'll, it'll, we're we're going to deal with it in a little bit more concrete way. Okay. It is imperative that you recognize and align with the fact that this is occurring in you at all times. This process of encountering dis-ease and the presence of choice to explore it or move around it is vital for the precipitation of empathy. Recognize that you are typically moving so fast that the opportunity for recognizing the choice is lost until after an event, explosion, or outburst happens. It is these moments that provide the groundwork for review and reflection so that these reactions and the attachments from which they stem can be explored, examined, and extracted. React review, and recognize so you may see the opportunity for choice as it comes. Recognize that you are not satisfied with all of your reactions and behaviors and choices. Simply accept these dissatisfactions as part of your human experience. Knowing these processes are happening within can be a struggle for many on your planet as this can lead to an assessment of value. Being human does not have a value marker. Recognizing your dissatisfaction, even with your own choices, has nothing to do with value. So it's okay to be a human. It, that's all we can be. 
It's hard for anyone who struggles with even the teensiest bit of perfectionism. Yeah. And that idea that value and your mistakes are not nowhere on the same plane. There's no way to value that your human experience versus someone else's. And um, that you have to, if you want to begin to recognize these choices as they come, you have to examine. First, you have to accept, you know, we talked about acceptance. First, you have to accept that these experiences are happening to you and that you participated in them, created them or caused them in some way. And then be able to review it and go, where did that come from? Oh, I see. I didn't like you and your, your pictures. I didn't even need to make this choice to begin with. But you know what's hard? I notice personally, I don't know if other people, the, the space between I'm in dissatisfaction and then the next step reaction um, or no, the evaluation of that. Oh, I see. Okay. So that space between if you're not careful, shame will gobble you up. Because it's like, if you can push through the shame of it, it's like, I think that you're dissatisfied and that you're like, okay, you have this inclination to look at self a little bit. And then when you see the human in it, the shame wants to come in and gobble it up so that you can't get to the next place. Yes. And so I encourage people to not let the shame gobble you up. Cause I watch that in myself, like, okay, you ready to evaluate how you participated in this? And then shame goes, ha ha, we're not going to let you get there. And then I go, sorry, shame. I got to go there. And and that's why they all they say to me all the time, no one can see what you're doing. If you want to go back and review your behavior and you want to say, ooh, boy, but I handled that wrong. Well, I don't feel comfortable with the way I responded. I don't feel comfortable with the situation of my, my part in that process. No one else can see your review. No one else can see you doing that. And if you want to stop it from happening in the future, being able to look at it and go, oh, this made me think that you weren't valuing me. Mm. And so I was angry because you weren't valuing me when, but I never let you know that I feel unvalued or I never let you know that this was hard for me or that I needed help with this or what, whatever it is, but being able to work through that, like that shame, but being able to recognize that's only happening in my brain. No one yeah. needs to cure or see, no one can see what's happening. I just think that shame is a very tricky emotion. And I think that it has a lot of power over our ability to like move through that and then evaluate those things. And I think that shame is what actually keeps a lot of us and myself included stuck. It's like we get in that shame cycle and it's like, if we can actually just move through that and then get to the actual root and acknowledge the behavior and just give yourself grace in the human experience, that's where the change can evoke and the ease can come. Yes. To understand why you, you reacted that way, responded that way, made that choice, um, and understanding that you have the ability to make a choice from from what you encounter, the information that's coming in, and then the information that goes out. I that just think you have that, that like, choice. shame, if I could give it a word, it's like sticky. It's like it comes in and you kind of have to, I, I watch it in myself come in. It's like, okay, that happened. You're dissatisfied. You know you want to look at it because if you look at it, you can create more ease. And then the shame creeps in and I go, ooh, I, I'm going to feel it. But you can also get stuck in it. And I, I if it, like the feeling I get in my body is actually stickiness. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And just like moving through that, I think I have to remind myself that every day it's okay to be a human being. Totally. Okay. 
We explain this to you to provide a deeper understanding of the process that you see around you, to help you see the choices others are making that may influence your life. We feel that all are seeking the feelings of safety, security, and ease. Can you feel that? We invite you in your current state to sit for a minute and open your mind to the awareness of the whole of the human race seeking, longing for security, safety, and ease. We invite you to tap into that energetic rush. It is a powerful river that connects all humans, young or old, rich or poor. You are not alone in your struggle or unease or dissatisfaction. You are not broken. This is a topic of empathy that we describe. Can you be aware of the struggle in all? Can you recognize it when another is angry, frustrated, or emotional? They are living an experience that you cannot be aware of any more than they can be aware of the struggle that you are facing. Even in close relation, your companion cannot fully know the struggle that you may be facing at any given moment in your time. We bring this to your attention for you to understand that if you know that this struggle is occurring in you, you must accept the struggle in all and your powerlessness to stop that struggle from occurring. The recognition of the struggle, the awareness of the struggle, is what is pulling at you to make the choice of communion over separation. Empathy is not problem-solving but problem awareness. Can that awareness change your course of action? Can it be used to create communion? We invite you to become present when hearing another struggle. We invite you to bring understanding and recognition of that struggle, of the humanness of that experience. Bring forth the commonality of your experience as a human. Hold the presence of your awareness of the human experience so that others can feel heard and connected and unalone. When in conflict, recognize that a high emotional state indicates that person struggling with a belief, fear, or feeling unsafe. Can you shift to a place of recognition? Can you feel the struggle of other? We recognize that this is sometimes a monumental task and in some situations, relationships, and experiences, that fear and trauma that you experience cannot make the recognition of the other struggle possible. But this is not failure. It can be examined and forgiven in yourself. There is nothing being done wrong or inadequately. You are human and can recognize the human in yourself. Do you recognize that struggle in yourself? We invite you to soften your expectation of perfection in yourself. Recognize the struggle that you are moving through and encounter daily. Understand that you are seeking safety and ease. For having that empathy for yourself allows you to share it with the world around you. This is the way. It will always start from within. We hope to assist you in carrying the recognition and awareness of struggle with you to ease your understanding of the world working around you and inside of you. You cannot get it wrong. Done. I think that the part about 
the extent of the empathy for self is the extent that you can offer to others. For me, the biggest message from that. Because that's all that, that's what it boils down to. If you are unwilling, like you talk about shame, which as I feel through it, you know, we've talked a lot, we've talked, I've talked a lot. They've talked to me a lot about um, being able to do that self-examination. And can you identify and recognize and accept the human part of you that is reacting, that's seeking safety in so many unconscious ways that you can react without thinking you have a choice? And that shame is what is saying, the, the shame is the contrast between what you would want to have done and what you think is the better thing to have done, which is what your higher self would have done or a version that's closer to your highest self would have done versus what you did do. Mm-hmm. And feeling that difference and having to bathe in that difference, it's really uncomfortable. And that shouldn't be what stops you. That shouldn't be what stops that recognition and understanding. This is about embracing, acknowledging that you are struggling with it, with those topics, that you are struggling with it, that you have a struggle to make a choice. You are struggling to recognize when the off-ramp is. You... It, Information is coming at you. How are you responding to it? How are you reacting to it? Why are you reacting to it the way you are? And being able to understand, recognize, acknowledge, accept, know that this process is happening in you. And can you, the consciousness that is just above your human behavior, can that just recognize that it's existing in you. And there, that struggle isn't always going to lead to a perfect outcome or your ideal outcome. It's just not. That's not what you are here to do. And being able to recognize it in yourself means that you can look at it in somebody else and go, oh, that person on the corner holding that sign, They're seeking safety, security, and ease, and this is how they're choosing to do it. That person's struggling with something. Oh, man. Because, yeah, but it also, and the reason I think this is so important is because if I can look at that person and say, how? This is how that person's choosing to deal with their feelings of unease or trying to feel safe, then my need to argue with them really goes away. Yeah. Because we all relate. We just do it in different ways. We do it in all different ways. But and we, like what, what, why, who's to say one way is better or worse than the other. We're just assigning value, value to it. My head just exploded. <laughs> it's, but it's, this is a really powerful one because it's not the um, 
it's not this like act of uh, energetic, you know, flow and recognition and talking. It's saying, I know that I'm going through the human experience and I'm struggling with choices and being aware of when, when I'm triggered and just reacting versus when I'm going, oh, I don't want to choose that because that doesn't feel good. I'm doing it on a minute by minute basis. So I have to accept and know that it's happening in every other human that I encounter. And am I encountering people from that space or not? And having grace and acceptance of your human experience can offer grace and acceptance of others' human experience, regardless of what that looks like. A hundred percent. And we, whether you call it shame or embarrassment or whatever, we are reluctant to have that conversation with ourselves. Yeah, we get gobbled up by all those hard feelings. And so therefore it makes it harder for us to have it for other people. Because you got to have it with yourself first. Exactly. Because if you don't want to look at it in yourself, then you're, you're not going to see it in another person. And you're not going to accept that as being real. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. Okay. That was empathy. I hope you guys have some pearls to chew on. Um, this was a good one. I'm really, it was a really, really good uh, topic. And I hope uh, if you guys have questions, James at thespiritedbody.com. The Spirited Body on Instagram. Send me a DM. Send me a message. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. I'm Thanks, James. Guys. I'm Katie. Enjoy your week. <laughs>